Hello, everyone. Welcome to the HR Talk Podcast. I am your co-host, Ricky Baez. And uh, actually, I'm your host today. Uh, JC was supposed to be here today, but he was working on a uh, on an assignment late last night, and he got in early or late this morning. And we gave him the day off. He needed some some time to uh, to sleep. And we were supposed to have a guest today as well, but um, we had some. We had to reschedule it, so it's going to be another couple of weeks before the guest is going to come on. I am going to keep his name a secret. I'm excited for this guest, but it's you'll see what I mean when he comes on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so, yes, folks, it's just me. I was going to go ahead and postpone the show again, but then something happened uh, yesterday um, here. In, actually, not here, but in the Buffalo area that I just wanted to talk about. Check this out. The aftermath of a mass shooting captured on camera, an apparently lifeless body lying on the ground in Buffalo, New York. This is the worst nightmare that any community can face. And we are hurting and we are seething right now as a community. Police say 13 people were shot, 10 of them killed Saturday afternoon at this Topps-friendly market in northeast Buffalo. Crazy dead bodies inside the store. Tonight, authorities say they've arrested the alleged gunman, identified as an 18-year-old white male from Conklin, New York. The shooter was not from this community. In fact, the shooter traveled hours from outside this community to perpetrate this crime on the people of Buffalo. Three senior law enforcement sources tell NBC News authorities are now looking into if the suspect was motivated by white supremacist ideology and if he posted anything describing his intentions. He was very heavily armed. He had tactical gear. Sources say at least two rifles were recovered at the scene with the N-word apparently etched into one weapon. This was pure evil. It was straight up racially motivated hate crime. Tops Friendly Markets sharing a statement saying in part, we are shocked and deeply saddened by this senseless act of violence and our thoughts and prayers are with the victims and their families. Jesse Hurt Kirsch reporting. Let's bring in WNBC's. All right, folks, we're going to stop it right there. That was from NBC News over in YouTube. Thank you very much for that clip. Folks, here we are again. It's uh, This is happening way, way too much, way too often to the point that it's almost becoming numb to us, right? It's a uh, this happens so frequently that we just look at it like an everyday occurrence, which is unfortunate. It's sad. It's unfortunate that we have to go through that. But folks, it's 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 just such a sad state of affairs where things like this just keep popping up, and we keep treating it as just regular news, right? It's maybe not regular news, but. You know what I mean. It just happens way too much. And my heart goes out to the friends and family of the victims and everybody who lives in the Buffalo area and the employees of TOPS. Law enforcement for doing it such a bang-up job because they, uh, they uh, uh, from what I read this morning, within two minutes of being called, they were there. Law enforcement was, was there, handled the situation professionally and quickly um, with uh, – it, it, it's 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 just they just did a really really good job with it um apparently because they're getting a lot of practice right it's it's just so sad that these things keep happening so let me take off let me, i'm sorry let me put on my hr hat because this is the part i wanted to talk about from an hr perspective this is what the the leadership 
and the HR department over at Tops needs to start thinking about. They need to start thinking about the health and welfare of the employees, obviously the customers as well, but now they have to start uh, putting uh, things in motion to helping the employees recover. Not only helping the employees recover mentally and physically and how to prevent something like this from happening again. My understanding is that the uh, this particular supermarket had armed security because apparently, from what I read, this guy came in, he traveled from a couple of towns over, he was heavily armed, and he was armored, and as soon as he got into the parking lot, opened fire on two people in the parking lot and killed them, exchanged fire with the armed security guard from the... Um, um, from the uh, uh, supermarket, and apparently the uh, the rounds from the security guard did no damage because the guy had tactical gear on. This guy was ready, right? I'm not even going to mention his name; it's not even worth it. But it's just it's 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 just a horrific, horrific event. And when employees see something, I mean, just just think about it, folks. You wake up, you go to work. You know, you either got to uh, lead a team over at the produce department or get the bakery going. Because I've been to to tops, you know, when um. Back when we used to travel, when I used to travel quite a bit, going up to Buffalo for the uh, veterans game over at the Bills game, uh, JC and I used to always go to the tops by his house, right? Not this one, but the one by, by his house. And for the folks who don't know about this place, think of Publix, but up north. Their subs are really good. They have really good food. They got re- it's Their employees are really friendly. Um, and then you're at work, this is happening, and it's, it's, uh, your life changed forever. So HR needs to step in and make sure that they have the proper support for the employees, um, EAP, mentally, physically, anything they need, the, empl- the, uh, the organization should be rolling out that red carpet to make sure that the employees have everything they need to recover from something like this. At the same time, HR department and business leaders need to start focusing on training on how to handle these situations, right, from prevention uh, from uh, being proactive, from being reactive in case something happens, what do you do? So please, business leaders, HR leaders, invest. Please invest in really good training, uh, work, uh, workplace violence training, and make sure that you pull out all the stops to make sure your employees recover well when they go through something like this. So again, my heart goes out to the, uh, to, uh, to the uh, citizens of Buffalo, New York, and the employees of TOPS and the friends and family of the victims, and big kudos for law enforcement for handling the business up there. That said, I was at the ninth annual conference, The Waves of Change, Oceans of Opportunity. It was from the Human Resource Association of Southern Maryland up in Ocean City. Man, let me tell you, if you've never been to Ocean City, Maryland, it, to me, at least to me, it looks just like Daytona Beach over the, uh, the strip they have. It's just further north, and the weather wasn't the best, right? And it is what it is. It's 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 not much you can do about that weather. But man, what a great city! We stayed at a great hotel. It was like at the at the Clarion Resort Fontainebleau uh, Hotel and Conference Center right there in in Ocean City. And I got to meet some amazing people. The speakers were awesome. John Verico was uh, was uh, one of the speakers. He 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 did a very. I wasn't able to see his because I got in on. Um, on Wednesday, which is the day he was um, uh, speaking, but I got to hang out with them um, over at the uh, dinner at night. But the next day, I got to meet Jennifer Foxworthy. She's a leadership development speaker and author, Christine Walters, who's an attorney. And then the day after that, that was on Friday, I believe, Melissa Hajar and Jill Brookins were, were speaking. I wasn't able to see theirs because uh, I was flying back home. But, but let me tell you, for the time that I was there, folks, 
Really good time. A lot of great information. A lot of veterans, too. John Verical was a retired. Um, he's retired from the Navy, as well as Jennifer Foxworthy. Man, you got to listen to her story. It's uh, I she and I had a conversation and we we're planning on having her to come on the show. She man, she brought an impactful story of her time in the military. And actually, uh, JC doesn't know this shit. I'm going to let him know when he's back up and running. Jennifer Foxworthy was in the Kosovo area in 1999 when JC and I were there stationed in the USS Nassau. So definitely we're in the same area that obviously didn't know each other, but I'm going to have her on the show here in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be great. So folks, there's some big thank yous that I I want to uh, send out. I want a big shout out to Aaron Emery, Debbie Gray, Shari Ahrens, David Wenrich, and Shannon Fitzgerald. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Appreciate everything you've done uh, to make sure that I was able to get up there and be uh, a part of the event. Thank you for the invitation. Really appreciate it. Had fun, and I look forward to coming back again couple of things I do want to call out about that event, uh, something that really stood out to me, uh, especially with Jennifer Foxworthy. She started off on Thursday, and, you know, her main thing was all about setting boundaries. It's all about mental health, how to take care of yourself, how to create healthy boundaries for yourself, because we have such an odd relationship with the word no. And I don't want to steal her thunder, but this is something that I really took away from what she said is that we tend to want to please people quite a bit. We have a weird relationship with the word no, and we're not comfortable in using it enough. She put together some exercises and gave us some tips and tricks on how to set those boundaries in a way that it doesn't uh, tarnish whatever relationship you have with the person who's asking you for something you say no to. So that was awesome. The other piece that really got to me, well, not got to me, but I was really surprised by is with Christine Walters. Now, Christine, it, so she is an attorney in the employment and labor law space in uh, Maryland. But what she was talking about is employment at will. Now, A little recap, because a lot of people use employment at will and right to work, both terms interchangeably, and they're very different things. Employment at will states, once you enter into a working relationship with an employer, you can leave with or without notice for whatever reason. You can give whatever reason you want. The employer can do the same thing. The employer can let you go for whatever reason, unless so long as the reason is not something that's protected by law. And there are 49 states in the United States, 49, that have an, an, an employment at will um, agreement there, which I found odd. I thought it was like half of the states. But yeah, 49. The one state that is not part of that is Montana, believe it or not. In Montana, I do have to look this up. I wrote it down, but I know I, I wrote down, <laughs> I just wrote down the bare minimum. But at the very least, in Montana, an employer has to give a specific reason and a timeline on, on why they're letting an employee go. Now, that's written into law. That's what they have to do. Now, I know that could be confusing to some of the folks who, uh, who work in an employment at will state because one of the things we ask a lot of business leaders to do when they're looking to come to us, HR, and partner with them to talk about an employment issue and letting somebody go, we ask for documentation. We ask for a reason. So you might be asking right now, why, if we're an employment at will state and you don't have to give a reason, why is HR always asking for a reason? Well, I'll tell you. Because we want to make sure we documented the exact reason why we're letting somebody go. Just because if you don't document it, 
then the employee can essentially make a whatever story he or she wants with their attorney. Um, well, I mean, I don't want to say with their attorney, but they can come up with whatever they want and as the reason as to why we let them go. And we have no documentation, no proof to show otherwise. So let's not leave that hole open. Let's make sure that we are 100% certain on why an employee is being let go and we document it. Let's make sure that it's done legally and fairly. Um, but yeah, so that is what the employment at will is. And I just didn't know that Montana <laughs> was the only state in the United States that does not subscribe to that notion. Now, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because um, Christine did say something that really caught my interest. And she was talking about there's some, some, some cases going around that kind of questioned the 90-day probation policy in employee handbooks. I've seen a lot, almost every employer that I've gotten to work with as an HR consultant, they always have a 90-day probationary policy in their handbook, which pretty much says this. In the first 90 days, that is the uh, a probationary period where an employer can make a determination on whether the employee is a good fit for the organization or not, and the employee can do the same thing. No harm, right? No harm, no foul, right? It's just, it's just you know, we're trying to get to know each other. Some people don't like the whole 90-day thing, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's still something that's almost standard across every handbook that I've, I was able to uh, review and see. But what Christine said that really got to me, she said that if you have a 90-day probationary period, a policy in your handbook, that may affect your employment at will status. And I found that interesting because I, I raised the question, how, how, how is that going to affect or create issues for you if you live or work in an employment at will state? And she said, well, if you're making the claim to say the first 90 days are probationary and you don't say anything after that, what happens from day 91 on forward? It could be implied that may be a permanent position then. That may be, now you may have a reason, you may need a reason to let somebody go if you live and work in an employment at Will State. And that is really interesting because she's 100% correct. Because if you put that verbiage in your employee handbook, it leaves open to interpretation what happens from day 91 on forward. And now, again, I'm not an attorney, so I don't know how this would affect your status under the law, but she is saying there is a lot of cases out there right now that are kind of challenging that because people... Employees are challenging this in through the court system, and that is coming up more and more often in these past few months. And I found that really interesting. So these are the kinds of things, folks, that you get from a uh, from an HR conference, folks. If you have an opportunity, attend these conferences. It's, you got some folks out there who do a really good job of putting um, a great panel of speakers together um, to make sure that you've got the information you need uh, to be an effective HR pro and effective business leader. So, folks, JC and I are going to be doing a lot more conferences coming this year and the following year. And my my advice to you is there's a lot of great information out there. I miss it. <laughs> to be honest, I was really happy to fly up there and go through the through the event, meet meet some amazing people, and then come on back home. Speaking of flying, <laughs> let's talk about flying real quick. What look, I know that we are what two years now into the pandemic, come another pandemic. Actually, that was part of my presentation. My presentation is uh, talking about how to recruit and, retain, and, uh, and keep people in a post, not so post uh, pandemic environment. Uh, but let me tell you, it's, uh, 
this whole pandemic, and I know everybody's tired of hearing that P word, but it's, st- it's still happening. We're still experiencing some of the uh, residue of the uh, uh, staff shortages that are happening. And I noticed it when I was flying up because uh, obviously you've got some people decided to leave the organization, leave their job when nothing would holding on to nothing into the horizon. And they left and uh, the gig economy really has pushed that through the, the gig economy as well as um, uh, the, uh, the uh, pandemic. Cause up until the pandemic hit, there were some people who were thinking about jumping ship and doing their own thing. They were just afraid to do so. And the pandemic kind of pushed them over. That was like the straw that broke the camel's back and people started leaving left and right. So the big articles that people have seen is the great resignation, people who are quitting. But what I started noticing, especially in the Orlando International Airport, at, the, uh, at, at Reagan Airport over in a, in a, in a, in a D.C. and the uh, rental car <laughs> counter, is there's employees who haven't quit, who show up to work, and they are stressed. And I do mean stress. And we can see it. We can see it. As, at least I could see it. So that's why I looked up this uh, this uh, um, article from Business Insider, and it's called "Employees Who Haven't Joined the Great Resignation Say They're Stressed and Overwhelmed." And this is by Re- Rebecca Knight over at uh, uh, Business Insider. And folks, I witnessed this myself. This is what the article talks about: High turnover at organizations has increased employee workloads, according to a new survey. Roughly eighty percent of employees in the survey said they're experiencing high, uh, high experiencing rising stress. Employers need to pay attention, or they risk burning out some of their most loyal workers. Folks, JC and I have been talking about this for about a year or so. Yes. Focus on your employee brand. Focus on your employees. Um, that way, they don't leave. But if they leave, fine. Let them do their thing. Don't forget about the people who stick around for you. Don't forget about the people who had an opportunity to leave, but they say, you know what, I'm going to stick it around here because they find your culture is better or they really like it there for whatever reason. Do not forget about them, leaders. And I, I, <laughs> I got to tell you, folks, I saw this entire trip to Maryland and coming back to Orlando I saw a lot of stress employees and, you know, from an HR point of view, I'm just looking to see how they're interacting with each other, how they're interacting with the customers, which should be, uh, it's the respect should be at a high level there, right? Because the customer is, is who brings in the money that keeps the organization going. But you know what I didn't see leaders in the front line. I did not see that at all. And every time I got to interact with somebody either at the airport, whether it's TSA, whether it's, uh, it's the, the rental car company or the gate for the airline that I used, um, I, di- I always asked them, so where's your boss? Who, who, point out who, who your, your boss is. And they're like, oh, they're in the back doing either one thing or the other. But they just were not present. And to me, that is just sad. Obviously, I gave them my business card because I'm like, hey, look, if you don't like what's happening here, give me a call so we can talk about it so you can get me in touch with the person who can get me in here so I can help you guys figure this out. Because, folks, if you are running a staff, it's a staffing model that's about 30% below staff or 50%, even if you got half the people in there and the boss is in the back, not showing their face, not being on the front lines with the employees – you have an issue. You really do have an issue, right? And 
there's a there's a set of patience that that really needs to be employed from from a customer perspective. I did see some customers in line that was getting snippy with the uh, with the um, uh, employees at the rental car counter because look the line I must have, there must have been like eighty people in line and only four people working the the counter with about five more other spaces available, but there was no employees there. Now, are they fully staffed? Not fully staffed. I don't know. All I know is their leader was not there with them. And I was in line for about an hour. Not once did I see that leader come out. And that's an issue. That really is an issue. Now, again, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but based on the information that I got to see, there was nobody there. Um, same thing at the, uh, at the counter over at the uh, airline when um, I left Orlando and got to, uh, to uh, D.C. And, yes, I flew into D.C. because there was a little tiny airport in Ocean City, and I did not want to spend all day traveling. I just rather fly two and a half hours or two hours into D.C. and then drive three hours over into, into, into Ocean City. So anyway, um, yeah, they, they, there was a lack of leadership presence when the employees are dealing with the public and the public doesn't have enough patience. Now, obviously, the public needs to have patience, but it's me saying it and it happening are two completely different things. Same thing with the leaders being up front. So if you're a leader out there listening to this, do not forget about the employees that are there with you. Do not forget about the employees who decided not to jump ship and not to hop on this great resignation ride. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying that people who resigned are evil people. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that if, if, if you as a leader focus so much on keeping your employees um, in the organization and having them not leave, they leave anyway, you've got to put some processes in place to take care of the employees who decided to stick around with you. You should give them more of your time, actually, because they're the ones who care about the business a lot more than the person who decided to leave. So let that sink in, folks. And just, yeah, don't forget about those employees and do what you need to do to relieve them, right? If they're, if they're feeling this kind of stress and you're in the back doing nothing, right, what is that going to do to the mindset of that employee? They're going to think you don't care and they're just going to jump ship and there's going to be another statistic and you're going to be out there complaining because you can't find good people to work. Well, that's because they may not have good leaders to follow. So that's what I want to put in your, in your piggy bank right now <laughs> of ideas is, Leaders take care of the employees that actually do show up to work and take care of those employees because, folks, let me tell you, it, it, it's, it's good talent. It's hard to find these days. And here's what I mean by that. I'm not saying there isn't any talent out there. All I'm saying out there that right now to be a recruiter is a tough job. It's a tough job because there is a lot of jobs left and right that some people do want. Um, and no, that that. There's a lot of jobs out there that can be filled. Just some people don't want to fill those positions. And the ones who are interested in those positions apply, and they're not even remotely qualified for that role, making the recruiter's job just that much harder. So, folks, again, all I'm saying is it's from a leadership perspective, from an HR perspective, make sure you don't forget about the employees who stick around with you. Now, that was from the Business Insider. And, folks, this is a short show today. Because <laughs> at the at at very least, I wanted to touch on what happened over in Buffalo. Give a big thank you to the uh, to the Harassum Group um, over at uh, in the uh, in the uh, um, uh, Sherm chapter over in Southern Maryland, and talk about why employees are so frustrated these days and what we can do. Well, that said, that's the show, folks. 
Thank you very much for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. If you would like to send us an email, let us know how we're doing. Go ahead and send an email to ebaez at baezco.com. That's E-B-A-E-Z at baezco.com. Download us in your favorite podcast platform, not podcast, podcast platform. Give us a like. Let us know how we're doing. We really appreciate it. Have a good one. Drive safe. Good night.